This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. Each week on Ingredient Insiders, we'll be speaking with celebrated chefs and food writers. We'll also be speaking with artisan food makers about their ingredients and what makes them special. On this episode, we'll be talking about mayonnaise, in particular, Hellman's mayonnaise. Is there another mayonnaise that you would even consider eating? What is it about mayonnaise? I love mayonnaise. I use it liberally on sandwiches. One of my favorite things to do in the summer is to combine it with ketchup and a little bit of sweet relish, almost in equal parts, and it makes the most amazing special sauce for a hamburger that you'll ever have. And I don't know, is this weird? When I eat sandwiches, even with mayo on them, I sometimes like to get a side of mayo and dip my sandwich in the mayo. I don't know if that's considered gross by a lot of people, but I just love it. I mean, when I say that I love mayo, I really mean that I love mayo. And that's another really a nice thing about mayo that people don't realize is that mayonnaise is like a really simple product. It's oil, a little bit of vinegar and egg yolk, and it's just an emulsification. You know, I think there's a lot of folks out there that think mayo is just not healthy to eat. And, uh, you know, listen, it may not be the healthiest food, but like anything, uh, as long as you're not overdoing it, like I do, then it's probably not too bad for you. We're going to be speaking with Jess Damock, the author of Salad Freak, a new book that's really wonderful. She is a bona fide lover of Hellman's mayonnaise. We noticed that when we were reading her book and in her listing of ingredients, she made it very clear that there's only one mayo for her, and that is Hellman's. I use it in vinaigrettes because it adds the perfect creaminess without being too rich. And it's a really, really perfect complement to a lot of the acidic vegetables. We'll also be talking with Brandon Collins of Unilever, the makers of Hellman's mayonnaise, and he's got a great position. He's the corporate executive chef for Unilever, talking about the history of mayonnaise and the history of Hellman's. Who knew that mayonnaise went back to the early 1900s and there was an actual golden age of mayonnaise? Hellman's is great for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one is the flavor balance, right? I think Hellman's, out of all the mayos that are out there, the balance of flavors within it is just absolutely amazing. There's nothing that kind of overpowers anything else. It's not too vinegary. It's not too salty. It's not too eggy. And he's going to talk about some really cool ways, kind of different things that you can make with mayonnaise. And I'm talking, you know, going beyond just the chicken and egg salad sandwich. This is cool stuff that you should be doing at home with your mayonnaise that you may not be thinking about. This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by Hey Now Media. Andrea, today we're talking to cookbook author Jess Damick. She's joining us from her home in Los Angeles, and I am so excited. Her book is Salad Freak, Recipes to Feed a Healthy Obsession. This book is awesome. It's stunning. Absolutely beautiful. Did you, I know you're you're a food stylist. Did you style all the food? in the book? I did. I food styled and I prop styled. Wow. It, yeah. Like you look at this book, by the way, I'm also a salad freak. Mm-hmm. You are the salad freak <laughs> now, but I am a salad, a salad freak. freak. You look at the pictures in this book and you're like, I, I, they're you, stunning. They're stunning. They're beautiful. 
They make me wish I actually could go to the Santa Monica Farmer's Market every day and pick out the kind of produce that you've got on the pages here. We actually have a great produce market in the town I live in, which is Ridgefield, Connecticut. It's this organic market. Mm -hmm. They have stunning produce there, and I'm very lucky because not everybody has access to such beautiful produce. It's true. And I really, you know, obviously when I styled the book, I was going to the farmer's market as much as possible. I made the recipe so that you could go to the regular grocery store and hopefully it would still be almost as delicious. You should at least be able to find most of the things at the regular grocery store. I started developing the recipes and coming up with all the ideas for the table of contents like in the height of COVID. So um, I was actually in upstate New York at the time and it was very hard to find ingredients and going to the supermarket was su such a thing. So I really tried to pull back a little bit. You know, I think after all of my years working at uh, Martha Stewart and some of these other food magazines, it was always my tendency to, to go a little bit like plus 10 on everything. That's not realistic for every day. And, and the whole goal of the book is to get people to eat more salads. So we could talk for hours about salads and farm and, you know, farmer's markets and the, these beautiful fruits and vegetables that I'm looking at the pictures of in your book. But we're going to talk about something that is not necessarily a fruit or a vegetable, is it, Andrea? I don't think so. No, no, not a fruit or a vegetable. But it's but something we love. And, you know, Andrea and I were flipping through your book and we were looking at, you know, some of your like pantry staples and some of your favorites. And one thing jumped out of the page at it was us. in all caps. All caps, and it was mayonnaise. So today we're going to talk about mayonnaise with you. I'm going to read from the book. It says, please only use Hellman's or Best Foods mayonnaise, which are the both things. I the think. Same thing. Same thing, right? East west Coast, of the west, west of the Rocky Mountains, it's Best Foods. East of the Rockies, it's Hellman's. Am mm -hmm. I saying that right? Yep. And then the only exception also, and I'm right here with you, is to use QP mayo, the Japanese mayo, which to me has a little bit of like a, almost like a sweeter flavor mm -hmm. to it. I don't know, you guys tell me, but couldn't agree more. So what is it about mayo that you love and where do you use it as a salad freak? I think when you first think of mayo, you're not like, oh, that's like the freshest ingredient I can think of to add to something. I use it in vinaigrettes because it adds the perfect creaminess Ooh. without being too rich. And it's a really, really perfect complement to a lot of the acidic vegetables, you know, like a tomato. There's absolutely nothing more delicious on planet earth than a tomato and mayonnaise sandwich. I'm with you. Oh, so good. Yeah. And it also, you know, it just really complements the, the freshness of things. I just made a, a sandwich the other day with just mayo, cucumbers, and a little uh, fresh coriander blossom. You know, I got to confess to you guys, around. if I have a sandwich, whether it's like turkey or roast mm -hmm. beef, whatever with mayo on it, always. I actually usually like get a little cup of mayo and dip my sandwich in there. Oh yeah, is that healthy or no? It's not healthy, but it's like I <laughs> but feel it's like delicious. It's, yes, yeah. it's delicious. And it's delicious. I do very similar things with burgers too, like any sandwich. Wait, yeah. but I want to oh, go back. French fries. Yeah. Oh, forget it. I've, but I want to go back to what you said because. I love making vinaigrettes and I don't really ever recall putting a lot of mayo into Tell me like what's it for the people who are listening at home that aren't professional chefs? Like what is a vinaigrette recipe? How do you incorporate mayo into it without it kind of curdling or separating and stuff like that? Well, let me just tell you that my favorite salad in the book is this little gem salad with creamy dressing. Go to the page, the John. Let's look at it. This particular dressing is one that like nobody believes me when I tell them what it is, but it's just mayo 
lemon zest and lemon juice, salt and pepper. That's it. And, and just whisk it, it together. Just, that's it. Just whisk it together. And it's perfect. Mm. It's so delicious. It's like just creamy enough, super bright. And you can make it in three seconds. You only need two ingredients. I always have mayo and lemons on hand and it's delicious on everything. Crispy lettuce is like all you need to make the salad is, is little gem and that dressing. If you have like the nuts and the mint and the other stuff, great, but it's really delicious just on its own. And you could almost use that as like a base for, totally. you know, and add in herbs or crush a pepper flake if you want a little heat. Everybody go out and buy your copy of Salad Freak and it's on page 74, the little gem with creamy dressing, hazelnuts and petals. It looks beautiful. It is beautiful. It's my favorite salad. But it's funny, I, I think it all started, I was over at my friend's photo studio. We had done like a test shoot or something and we were making dinner afterwards and we hadn't shopped to make a meal or whatever. and. And we, I just looked in the refrigerator and used what was left over to make a salad. And I made a, a vinaigrette with mayo. And he was like, this is the best salad dressing I've ever had. What did you put in here? What is the secret? And I said, mayo. His mind was like blown. And then he was like, have you been using mayo in everything to make it delicious? Or is it just this? And I realized I, I added to other things too. There's something about it that's just perfect. Mayo no, makes things better. No doubt. Yeah. Going back to that Caesar salad dressing, a lot of, because I've made, yeah. know, it's been like a staple at my house for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And people are always like, oh, do you take the egg yolk and then whip it with the olive? And do it? I'm like, no, I take anchovies, parm, lemon juice, puree them in a food processor, add copious amounts of mayo. Mm -hmm a little bit of vinegar, and maybe sometimes I'll drizzle in olive oil. And that Any makes- Any garlic? Yeah, sorry, garlic as mm -hmm. well. So all the things that go in, in a Caesar, but instead of using raw egg yolk- You're using the mayonnaise. I use Hellman's mayonnaise in it, and it, it always turns out great. I think it's better. I've been doing the same thing, but I roast like a whole head of garlic mm. and squeeze it into the food processor. People go crazy for that version. And then when I do the whole you know egg yolk thing, no one really says anything. <laughs> that's the truth using the the actual mayonnaise it gives it a better like texture consistency and i think people are used to that flavor maybe yeah mm -hmm. so it's more accepted or liked. all right ready i'm gonna play a little game with you guys okay. i'm gonna start with jess and then andrea okay name something you do a recipe that you use mayonnaise that people don't know that you're using mayonnaise like, where do you sneak it in there? All right, while you guys are thinking, I'm going to throw one in here. <laughs> okay, maybe you'll be my inspiration. I was talking to Nancy Silverton, who's a good friend of ours. She made me grilled cheese, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, lots of butter? And she goes, no, I spread mayonnaise on the outside of the bread. And I don't know if she got that from Ruth Reichel or, or vice versa, but that's their little, like, rift. Yeah, I saw America's Test Kitchen actually did a expose, if you will, yeah. last week on the best grilled cheese spreads, yeah. if you will. And they did, there was mayonnaise, butter. On the outside. On the outside. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely, it's a thing. Jess, when you were talking about the the tomato and the and the mayo, I immediately went to BLT. I yeah. always like a copious amount BLTs of- BLTs are like the best thing. I like, my brain just like shut it down because just thinking about BLTs, they're my- favorite thing. I have a BLT potato salad in the book mm. with a lot of mayo. There's just really something about the like juices of the tomato combining with mayo. It's like the secret sauce on the burger. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just 
the best. For a while, I was just using Kewpie mayo on my tomato sandwiches. And then I think I like overdosed on it. It's more rich than Hellman's. Like it's more yolky. Yeah, something happened. And I now I went back to, to the original. I just like the little mascot for QP Mayo. What is it, like a baby? Yeah. It's like but a- isn't the package kind of strange? When I buy it at H Mart, it comes in like, it's a it's in a plastic like a long slender to, yeah. kind of bottle, but it's, like it's in a, a plastic too bag. Soft. Yeah, it's yes. oh, yeah. Well, it's a like latexy feeling kind of yes. You wouldn't soft expect mayonnaise. Plastic. No, it gets like floppy in the fridge. Yeah. Here's another thing I like to do with mayonnaise: when baking fish in the oven, Andrew, I'm giving you all my culinary secrets today too. Like a white kind of flaky fish. I will brush it with a copious amount of mayonnaise and again usually almonds it almost forms like this coating like this a crust barrier. no well i coat it with that and then on top of that i will take ritz crackers pulsate them in the blender sprinkle those on mm-hmm. top of the mayonnaise so it helps the ritz crackers adhere and then when you bake it it just turns into this magic mm. i don't have to try that thing. i don't know where it's i got so that good recipe. there's a pistachio crusted salmon in the book that uses um, creme fraiche to do that just because there's creme fraiche in another part of the recipe. Mm-hmm. But mayo, it's great. It's Ooh. like the perfect glue. It's a glue. Topics. And then when it warms up and cooks and caramelizes, it turns into some crazy good stuff. How do you feel about mixing mayonnaise and ketchup as a condiment? I feel good about it. I probably do that a few times a week with what I'm, whatever I'm like eating for dinner as just like a, a quick sauce. We're big ketchup mayo people. Is there house. anything you won't put mayonnaise on, no. like as far as a sandwich goes? Pastrami, you can't. Yeah. It's it's a crime. As a New Yorker, it's a, maybe a Woody Allen movie or some movie where like <laughs> he the person brings somebody into like Katz's deli and is like, do me a favor, do not ask for mayonnaise on your sandwich here. <laughs> it's probably illegal to do it that. Should yes. be. Like they would definitely like take your ticket and make you leave. Yeah, that's a definite no-no. Yeah, no. What else is a no-no? Like I can't think of anything else because for me, like it really ties everything else together so well. Like even just a really plain turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever make know. your own homemade mayo? I have. I've done Julia Child's recipe a lot. I, I have too, but it's like, why bother? I know. Hellman's is so good. But I think there's one thing. Like the three of us are sitting here. We all love mayonnaise. There's a whole group of people that despise mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. They, it's true. Like, I actually know, have friends listening to this like right now that may not be my friends anymore. The only troll email that I've gotten or comment uh, so far about the book, the, fir- the day it came out, I got this long email from someone that was like, I was so excited about your book. And then I started flipping through and I got to the pantry section and I saw your note about mayo. And he's like, and I'm so mad. I don't want to use the rest of the book. He's like, I only use Duke's mayo for everything. I can't believe you have a problem with it. When I make all these recipes with Duke's, they're not going to taste. Duke's has has a following. Yeah, it really does. Well, I wrote him back and I said, you know, the truth is I didn't even know about Duke's when I wrote this book. I had a friend introduce it to me last summer. And, you know, I think it's more of a Southern it totally thing, is. And right? I, will, I will absolutely, I have to, it's funny that you said that because I've been in the food business for 30 years, purveying all sorts of products to different chefs around the world. And mayonnaise is one of them. Yep. And I had never heard of Duke's as well until 
Maybe sometime like five years the, ago. No, no. I Maybe last year. It was in the middle of the pandemic and someone said something to me or some chef requested Duke's in New York. And I was like, what the hell is Duke's mayonnaise? I've heard of Best Foods, obviously. That's right. I just know that's almonds west of the Rockies. Oh, we can also talk about this other devil food called Miracle Whip. Ugh. No, that's not me. Even let's not even talk. About yeah, let's it. not even do that. I remember <laughs> as a child, you know, as I was like developing my palate, my mom one day for whatever reason brought home a jar of Miracle Whip, <gasps> thinking maybe she'd be like taking it up a notch for us. And I put that on a sandwich, and I tell you, I think it was like a bologna sandwich. I think I had to throw it yeah, out. Yeah, you had to throw it away. My grandpa used to make tuna melts with Miracle Whip. My mom would always be like, you have to eat it. Like he made it for you. I haven't had a tuna melt since, put it that way. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a pinch and had to buy like another brand of mayo. Like, oh, here's a good example. I love Trader Joe's for a lot of things. And Trader Joe's has a mayo, which I'm sure they tried to kind of knock off Hellman's. Horrible, (sighs) horrible. I think that's what I really wanted people to steer clear of. Unfortunately, all generic brands of mayo, just something is a little bit off. Has anybody tried Sir Kensington's, like the boutique mayo? Yes. I How's have, that? I, I, it's too, the flavor, it has too strong of a flavor. Like what's so great about Hellman's is that it's very neutral. It just enhances the flavor of other things. It doesn't bring its own thing to the table. But Sir Kensington's has a really specific taste. Yeah. That if you're, you know, adding that to a salad dressing, it's bringing this whole other group of flavors to the table. I only buy original Hellman's mayonnaise. No low fat. No but- canola or olive no. oil ones that they make me. I'm with you. But I'm seeing a lot of mayonnaises on the shelf that are avocado based now, olive oil based. Like I find them unacceptable just because I think I'm a purist. How do you feel? I understand why people want those options, they're definitely better for you. They have healthier fats in them, but they just don't taste as good. Sometimes the original thing is really the best. I, I've been really waiting to tell you guys my my mayo story that I really, I really love, which is the, I've only worked with Ina Garden once and I was assisting uh, Christine Albano, an amazing food stylist. And at some point, like midway through the day, Ina just turned to me, you know, when we used to have the cafe, we would have so much mayo that it would come in a big bag. And she's like, so for our chicken salad, the recipe just said three handfuls of mayo. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is a classic. (laughs) I'm sure she was using Hellman's. When you're making chicken salad and you could mix it with yogurt to lighten it up or, you know, make it a little healthier, it's just not going to taste the same. Yeah, there are those things. And I was actually going to bring it full circle, bringing it back to salads and mayo. Mm-hmm. You mentioned chicken salad. I'm a lover of egg salad. Tuna salad. Tuna salad. Chicken. But even like, you know, you can do variations every now and again, right? With a tuna salad and instead of using mayo, you know, puts do a vinaigrette with mm-hmm. it or whatever. But it's never as good as when you know, there's like, mayo. Like a German potato salad versus a mayonnaise-based one. Yeah. For me, it's all about the mayo. It's the mayo. Why do we crave it so much? Why do some people have such an aversion to it is the real question. That is the question. I think it's a health thing that they think it's probably not good for you. It's like a heart health. I'm, I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong. And that they're like... People though, like maybe they even haven't tried it. You know how like sometimes it's like, do you like that? And the instant answer is no. And you haven't even tried it yet. I feel like people look at it and they're like, no, I don't like that. Maybe their parents gave them... Uh, 
Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip as a child, and they just they didn't know that there was something else. They were so scarred by like Jess won't have a tuna melt now because of what happened to her. I feel sad for her. It's gonna taste. Jess, I feel like I want to make you next time you're in New York. Come on over. We'll get some really good bread or bring over like some tartine bread. We'll grill it up nice and then we'll make a killer tuna salad and we'll get some really nice cheese. And I think you'll be very happy. I have um, PTSD over that tang. I'm going to expect that when I take my first bite. Yeah, but then you'll get yeah, over maybe it. We'll work through it. We'll work yeah, through we'll the talk, trauma. We'll talk through it. Hi, my name is Jess Damick, author of Salad Freak, and you're listening to Ingredient Insiders. There's a lot of things about this cookbook that I love. We talked about the pictures, and we definitely want to talk a little bit about Martha Stewart in a second. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that struck me about this cookbook, and I have a lot of cookbooks in my home library, this is the only time I've ever seen a cookbook that has suggested music pairing for the recipes. I love that. Well, or at least for while you're making salads. How did you come up with that? I love it. Music is is super important to me, and it's a huge part of cooking for me. I always have music on when I'm in the kitchen. It totally creates a, a vibe and an energy for the whole experience. So for me, that's not just when I'm cooking, but also when I'm sharing food with people. What's on in the background totally changes the whole atmosphere. When I'm in the kitchen, Cooking is really such a meditative process for me. If I'm not, you know, trying to prepare food for 30 people who are arriving any minute, I think that music really helps me get into that that mindset. Do you listen to music, John, when you cook? All the time. Me too. Like, and I'm, you know, what I do, what? and t- you guys might think I'm crazy, but not always. Okay. But often, if I'm making like something French bistro-y, I will put on a little Edith Piaf or some kind of like like French playlist. I will, if I'm doing like a traditional Italian, I might play like some classic opera. If I'm going to do something Italian-American, I might play more of your Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett kind of playlist. Jess, do you have standard music that you listen to or is it more like on your mood or what you're cooking? It's totally based on my mood. Similarly to what you were just saying, I think I grew up with my grandpa and my mom like would make like a huge production out of making meatballs and have opera or like Pavarotti or something Mm -hmm. like blaring. So it was like really a whole experience. I made a comment in the book about how some kinds of jazz scrambles my brain, really like traditional, like clarinet brush on the hi-hat. I can't concentrate on anything. Interesting. Um, So I try to avoid that, but I did, I was told not to, but I just like took a quick glance at my Amazon reviews. The only one there for a while was somebody being like, this person says she hates jazz, but salads are jazz. And all of these (laughs) people that she listed on this playlist are actually jazz. And I was like, well, I guess it's just a specific sort of jazz that scrambles my brain. That's pretty funny. How did you get to work with Martha Stewart? We're big fans (sighs) of Martha Stewart here. She lives pretty nearby to us. 
Yeah, I was always a huge Martha fan. You know, I remember seeing her magazines for the first time when I was in middle school and immediately sort of identifying with her and being like, oh, this is how I want everything to be. It was pretty early on that that happened. And I took over all of my family holiday meals. And as a young teenager, like just really trying to make everything look like it did in that magazine and being so frustrated when my parents didn't have the right platters or, you know, enough matching silverware napkins. You know, I think I Googled Martha Stewart internship or something. And I got an internship there and went to the French Culinary Institute at night while I interned with Martha during the day. I was an intern for like well over a year and then started uh, freelancing as a recipe tester. And then Sarah Carey became the food editor of Everyday Food Magazine, and she hired me as a food editor. But I had actually, I think you'll like this, my, one of my toughest chef instructors, this guy, Chef X, who is like very scary and taught like the hardest part of, of culinary school, which was like the timing section. Set a time timer and we'd have to have our meals done at exactly this time. And he wouldn't accept it a second before or a second after. And it was the unit where like people started crying and breaking down and feeling like they couldn't do it anymore. But he ended up being a, you know, a real mentor and amazing teacher. And I went to him when I was trying to decide you know, as part of school, you do need to have an externship somewhere. And I had an offer to work in a restaurant, but I was also still freelancing with Martha. And I said, you know, what should I do here? Like everybody else is telling me I need to work at a restaurant or I'll never have the skills I need. And he said, there are thousands of restaurants. Yes. And I said, yes. And he said, there's one Martha Stewart. Yes. And I said, yes. And he goes, there's your decision. It was so, so true. There is really only one Martha and I have learned so much from her, more than I could from any anybody else, I think. She wrote a beautiful forward to your book. And then one of the things that, you know, I started reading in the introduction is you may have been a salad freak before, you'll tell us, but she was often asking you to prepare salads for her. And that's kind of where you honed your craft. Martha would be in the office and instead of, you know, having her uh, assistant pick up lunch somewhere, she would lo love it if the food editors could, could make her something. Everybody was always like, oh my God, this is the last thing I need to do. And I was so excited for the opportunity to get to go to the farmer's market every morning and try these different ingredients and different ideas that I had. So I like jumped on it and ended up making her lunch like all the time. You know, it always had to be something different. It had to be hyper seasonal. It was so much fun. Um, I, I can imagine. It. Yeah, it must have been yeah. fantastic. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, one that I didn't know we were going to have. I mean, you know, we're talking to like a salad legend, an author of an amazing book, and all about these beautiful, vibrant vegetables. And here we are talking about mayonnaise. You know what? Fresh vegetables always uh, having a creamy, delicious partner with them has always been a thing. Dipping, you know, crudite and ranch dressing. Yes. Um, it's probably a, should be a mayo based ranch. Yeah. I know that you said that. I oh, do. Yeah, I always I, use mayo. I, well, I use sour cream, but I think I'm going to change my ways. Yeah. Well, the name of the book is Salad Freak. The author is Jess Damick. And 
this has just been the funnest conversation about mayonnaise. Who knew you could have so much fun talking about mayo? This book is available everywhere. Amazon, online, in bookstores. Yeah. Awesome. And what's next for you? Um, right now I'm working on a new project with Benny Blanco and hopefully my own book. Uh, you're gonna, very you're, you're gonna make after. an album? Are you recording yeah. stuff? Yeah, it, that's, it could be. Salad wraps? Music and, music and food, it it's really uh, goes hand in hand for me. I love that. Well, thank you so yeah. much for your time today. Great thank conversation. Thank you, I'll see you guys soon for a Hellman's-based um, tuna melt. Yeah, stay in touch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. All right, bye guys. Bye. This episode is sponsored by Hellman's Mayonnaise, my favorite mayo, also known as Best Foods Mayo West of the Rocky Mountains. I'm with Brandon Collins. He's the corporate executive chef for Unilever. Tell me a little bit about Unilever. We're going to talk about Hellman's Mayonnaise today, yep. but Unilever is this wonderful giant food company yep. based in the United States? Yes. So well, actually, so we have a headquarters in the United States. We're actually based out of uh, London and we have kind of three or four portions of our business. We have a personal care division. Uh, so like Dove, Doveman Plus Care, those type of brands. We have an amazing ice cream division. So if you think of like Ben and Jerry's, Briars, Popsicle, Klondike, those types of things. Um, and then we also have a foods division, which is Hellman's, Knorr, Lagoo, Sir Kensington, My Mustard, historical brands. It's a, it's a wonderful company to work for, and they're very big on sustainability and making sure that we're trying to do right by the world for the size of the company that we are. Okay, Hellman's mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to say that I'm a mayonnaise lover. <laughs> not just am I a mayonnaise lover, but I am a very devout to Hellman's. Mm -hmm. I really don't think as far as a consumer in the United States goes, there's nothing better to choose. Why is that? Why is Hellman's so good? Yes and no. Hellman's is great for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one is the flavor balance, right? I think Hellman's out of all the mayos that are out there, the balance of flavors within it is just absolutely amazing. There's nothing that kind of overpowers anything else. It's not too vinegary. It's not too salty. It's not too eggy. It's also the way that it's produced. So we have a, a special way that we, we mix everything together and that we put it into the container. So it helps kind of keep it creamy. It helps also kind of whenever you spread it, it helps to, to sit on top of the bread. And it's also the ingredients that we put into it. We only buy sustainable soybean oil. We only work with cage-free eggs. And we help build the supply chain to be able to allow other producers to do that as well. Again, because of so much of what Unilever stands for and Hellman's as a brand is that we want to make sure that what we're doing for the world, even though it's in small increments right now, and we're hoping to grow that even more, that whatever we're doing is positive. It's all about quality at the end of the day and making sure that what we're putting into every single jar is the best thing that we can put into every single jar. We reject a lot of products just because they're just not to our quality and standards. Is Hellman's a family? Where does the name come from? So it was a gentleman named Richard Hellman. Before 1905, like mayonnaise was not actually kind of, it wasn't mainstream. It was something that people kind of like made at their home or whatever. And he actually took his wife's uh, recipe and put it in her deli. And it just started kind of growing from there, then kind of took off, especially in the Northeast. Was this in New York? Where were they? So it was in New York, yeah. New York. Ballooned into this mass Massive, beautiful brand. It literally put mayo on store shelves. These are it, in the early 1900s? Early what, 1900s, what? 
five. What was, was this the golden age of mayonnaise? Yeah, nothing else existed at that point. Like again, people were making it at home. They weren't making it for large production. They weren't kind of mainstreaming what it was. Like, Did it come from like the French aioli? Yes, you know, the that's kind of, of it? yeah. That's that's basically the basis of it, right? You know, whereas a French aioli, it's usually a roasted garlic that's emulsified with oil or something to that note. It is very similar. It's an emulsification that was basically designed to help carry flavors at the mm-hmm. end of the day and kind of add creaminess and deliciousness to everything that you consume. Why can't you get Hellman's west of the Rocky Mountains? <laughs> and is it is it Colorado that kind of like is the delineation mark? Basically, what, yeah. How, what, how did that tell us that story? So uh, Hellman's purchased Best Foods and they decided that west of the the Rockies, like Best Foods was a very established name and very stalwart name. So rather than upset the apple cart, right? People have no best food, so just keep it best foods. And there are also parts of Europe and, and other countries that best foods is the actual product that you can find as opposed to Hellman's. Oh, interesting. Hellman's in general, because it started in the Northeast, had such a foothold um, going basically all the way to, to the Rockies that um, there was no need to change that name either. And it was also kind of an ode to to the brand. Why take a family name? Why why take a name that had been developed and change it when people have grown up on that their whole lives? And we want to make sure that part of our history is, you know, my grandmother used it and my grandmother's grandmother um, type mentality. So don't mess with it. Like, keep it keep it true. Is Hellman's and Best Foods and or mayonnaise in general, is it worldwide in where people are using it? Is it popular in Europe? Is it popular in Asia? I can't think. I, I think that in America, it's used very liberally. Yes, much my, more liberally in yeah. this country than it is in others, though it does exist in other countries quite a bit. I mean, if you look at a country like Mexico, right, what's one of the most trending items right now is elotes, and it's that grilled street corn with mayonnaise rolled with cotilla cheese and some sort of a chili pepper. So it is definitely used in other countries. Uh, you have brands in Japan and in, in the Asia's, what Kupi is is sure. probably a, a really well-known brand. It's definitely utilized, but not, not so much to where we're like, hey, let's put it in everything. Like I want a potato salad, egg salad. Like if you go to your 4th of July barbecue, there's mayo in basically everything. So one thing that I've seen recently that's really amazing and I have not tried is I've noticed on social media a lot of people are smearing mayonnaise onto steaks before grilling, onto turkeys. Is it caramelization? What's going on there? So it's caramelization. It's flavor. Um, The cool thing, again, about mayo is that it does have – it's the sum of a lot of parts, right? So – there's vinegar in there. So if you rub it on the outside and let it set for even an hour at room temperature, as all proteins should be able to come, you should always bring your proteins to room temperature before you ever cook them. So pulling them out, rubbing it, kind of letting that vinegar help to kind of denature a little bit of those proteins to kind of help soften it up a little bit. But it's a lot of its flavor and creaminess, right? So if you throw it, you rub it on your on your steak and you throw it on, you're adding salt instantly. You're adding acid instantly, which are two great things in the culinary world. Um, you have that little bit of egg that's going to help with the browning as well. And you also have the oil on there, again, that's going to help with browning and, and texture and, and things of that nature. Same with the chicken or the turkey. Like whenever you you roast it in the oven, it cr- helps with that browning agent. It also works extremely well as kind of like a paste, right? So if I put the mayonnaise down and then I want to top it with Parmesan cheese and breadcrumbs or I want to chop some artichokes and spinach and do like an artichoke crusted chicken, I can use it as 
a main flavoring or a seasoning that is also going to help me adhere things to the outside. It's an adhesive. And one of the beauties about Hellman's is the fact that it, it holds up extremely well in, in high heat applications. And that's because of the way that we produce it and the way that we put it into the container. Whenever I do it on a piece of chicken, I'll rub it on the outside and I, um, my local grocery store has these roasted garlic panko breadcrumbs that I'll put on the outside of it. Um, and the beauty about utilizing Hellman's in that recipe is that whenever I pop it into the oven, it doesn't break down as much as as some others do. And that's kind of one of the big driving forces for me um, whenever as a chef is that I don't have to worry about being oily or, or anything of that nature. It's going to come out and it's still going to stay nice and creamy, but it's not going to taste like mayonnaise. And I think that that's one of the cool things because you you hear hot mayonnaise and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But then you're like, oh, artichoke and spinach dip. Well, that's predominantly mayonnaise. Oh, okay. Crab cakes. That's predominantly mayonnaise, depending on where you are. It's definitely uh, something that I use a lot of. Uh, I use mayonnaise to cook a ton. Well, this has been an amazing conversation about mayonnaise. Hopefully you've learned a lot of things that you may not have known before and you're using mayo in different ways, just outside of your tuna sandwich. Thanks so much for being here. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And any chance I get to talk about Hellman's and Unilever, I'm happy to do it. Me too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ingredient Insiders. Okay. Like what you hear, write us a review and subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders or Twitter at Where Chefs Talk. All the products we talked about on this episode can be purchased at chefswarehouse.com.